in unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect dharma is rarely met with even in a hundred thousand million dhammas, having it to see and listen to, to remember and accept. I vow to taste the truth of the Tathagata's words. Good morning. Good morning. So, I just feel like we need, I need to say something about what's going on in Israel and Palestine, but I don't know what the hell to say. It's heartbreaking. It's also infuriating. It's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. And it's so complicated in a way. It's so simple. You don't go shooting people randomly and killing babies and taking old ladies hostage. You don't do that. That's terrorism. You also don't cut off electricity and water and food to millions of people that have nothing, that are victims of Hamas the same way Israel just was. You don't do that. That's called, oh, I forget now, That's a, there's a name for it and it's a war crime. Collective punishment. And where is Iran in all this? And why aren't the neighbors taking in refugees? Why aren't they working with whoever so that Palestinians could get out? They can't even get out. Israel says, evacuate. Oh, where are they supposed to go? All the border crossings are closed. And the terrorists caused really almost unimaginable pain. And even we could, whatever we could imagine, it's worse. And was it a trap? Maybe. To trigger the Israelis to overreact and have sympathy wind up going over to the other side. And terrorism cannot be the answer, just can't be. And yet, the settlers have been encroaching and encroaching and encroaching and nobody says anything. Maybe a little, oh, tisk tisk. That's not nice. It's just horrific. And it's watching, I, I don't, I didn't really check the news this morning. I don't know what Hezbollah is doing, but they've made noises that they're going to get involved. They already are a little. Then what? So we sit down in the middle of this pain. It feels like it's too much. This is not fair. <laughs> this is me, my little self, saying this. It's not fair. I already have to deal with MAGA and Donald Trump and all these criminal cases and on and on and on and the racism and the book banning and all that. I don't want to think about this other stuff. 
It reminds me of a terrible thing. A friend of mine, her, she lost her son. Uh, well, she didn't lose him, but, but he, he died, dove into the shallow end of a swimming pool and grabbed his head and wound up uh, quadriplegic and came to live with her and her second husband for quite a while. You know, and then um, he had moved out and he had a sort of an independent life. She got Alzheimer's and I had the same feeling. She had that feeling. <laughs> That's not fair. She already has this disabled son. How come she gets Alzheimer's? Young. She was relatively young. <sighs> but it doesn't have to do with our idea of fear. And everything arises out of causes and conditions, but who knows what they were? And they weren't necessarily hers or her son's, or not only. And he was drunk, so, oh well, but. So my heart goes out to everybody. It feels hard enough hard, but I wanted to say, except those terrorist leaders that concocted this plan. You know, it's, it's like, it is like ISIS. But I have to, well, I don't have to anything, but I want to have room for all of them. So, one thing I do is sit zazen. That's how I can stand it and how I can open my heart. And we're talking about zazen here, whatever that is. Suzuki Roshi famously said to Blanche, don't you ever think you sit zazen, zazen sit zazen. And that is what Dogen is saying in Zazen Shin. And that's what Nanyue was saying to Mazu. Dogen flipped. The usual story is just that uh, Nanyue sees Mazu sitting and says, what, what, what are you doing sitting there? What's your intention? And Mazu says, I intend to become a Buddha. That's when Nanyue picks up a tile and starts to polish it with a stone. And Mazu says, what are you doing? And Nanyue says, I'm polishing this tile to make a mirror. How can you make a mirror? By polishing a tile. How can you become a Buddha? By doing zazen. That's where it usually ends. And it's usually about Mazu as a beginner and Nanyue is teaching him that he already is Buddha. Well, that he's expressing Buddha. You can't get somewhere by doing Sasan. But Dogen makes him Masuwa an experienced, transmitted Zen adept. And uh, he responded, and when, when uh, Nansen, Nanyue said, How can you become a Buddha by doing Sasan? And Masu said, Well, then how so? And Nanyue says, When driving a cart, if it stops, do you? Do you whip the cart or the ox? Mazu was silent. 
Ananyue says, if you practice sitting Zen, you practice sitting Buddha. So what does that mean? And there's a lot in between each of those that is almost seems like nonsense. Probably is it's nonsense. Let me ask, uh, do we need or do you need a few moments to process what I said about Israel? Do we need to talk about it? I need a response to my question. It could be whatever you want, but Lisa. I'm glad you said something. I, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I have got so many things in my head right now about this. As someone like I'm Jewish and my fam, my mom, on my mom's side, but I don't support Israel. I don't support their response. And, and I don't support, obviously, and not supporting Israel is not supporting, is not not support, what am I trying to say? It's a mess, freaking mess. And, and I, I've been the same way this week. I've been kind of like, I, I don't even want to look at this because there's too many other things that I'm dealing with that I feel also just hopeless about in the world right now. And, and so I've been like holding this at bay and it's seeping in and seeping in. And finally last night I was like, all right, gotta, gotta turn on the news and let's let it all in, you know? And yeah, so that's how, where I am right now. And then trying to sit this morning. And, and I, I have to also say that I'm just triggered by religion. I have to say it. This is a holy war. So I, I don't know how to even sit Sazen in a way. Like the thing, the whole thing about intention, that's what struck me. And I mentioned it on Wednesday, the intention that he speaks of. I don't know that I want to be a Buddha because I don't know what that means. And I don't, is that just another kind of ideology? that I'm taking on. I've seen it as an ideology. I've been in a community where it was an ideology that led to heinous acts. So I have this problem and yet I still believe in sitting and I still find that it's a good practice. But I was, you know, I was saying this to my Buddha buddy this week I don't want all the other bells and whistles. And I'm sorry that I'm being very, I'm very triggered and I'm being very triggering right now to you all, but that's just, you asked and that's how I feel. I don't think you're triggering anybody. That's what I love about Zen or at least our school of Zen. It's not about the trappings and Buddha says, don't put anybody's head above your own. Don't just take my word for it. Nobody has uh, come down on me. I, you know, I go around lecturing and someone I, and I wrote an essay and, you know, starts out, I hate Trump and nobody's come after me. So anyway, I, uh, 
I, I can't speak for the other people here, but I don't feel triggered by it. I feel challenged by it because it's, it's important. It's very important to not, I mean, that's one of the things that this is exactly about, you know, not getting attached to your ideas. And that, that kind of intention he's talking about, I think, is at the level of vow. And it's not, it's not, um, it's not something that uh, you, you control, it's something that arises. That's why he, you know, he says things about, what is it? How can you become a Buddha by doing zazen? If you practice sitting Zen, you practice sitting Buddha. And he's, he's uh, critical of that. Dogen and Nanyue are critical of that. You just sit zazen and you vow to, what is it? Let the thoughts go, leave thoughts alone. It's a wonderful phrase. You vow to leave thoughts alone. You, you practice um, non-thinking. And there's no catechism. And you think of uh, Jane Hirschfield's poem, Love Among the Owl Cries. And it starts out, you know, it's not, it's not the, uh, she, I don't think she ever says Zendo, because it's not, nothing explicit, though it's obviously about Green Gulch. Anyway, it's not the something that is there. No, or another figure, no, it's not the altar that is there. Maybe she says that, or, or the figure on the altar. It's not that. It's the ideas come and go. What endures is the fact that there's a door. And Zazen, doing Zazen, being Zazen is the door. And that's all. And the rest of it is in aid of that, I suppose you could say. That it's somewhat cultural and it's an aesthetic, some of which we share, I share, some not so much. I mean, we do, after all, do a day at the dead altar for Sajiki. We don't have any Japanese drawings of hundred ghosts. And it is religious a war. Um, but what it's like it's a fanatics war. On both sides, I mean, particularly given Netanyahu and his government right now. And I think that, I mean, because religion has the fanatic attachment to one's view of religion has caused a lot of trouble. <laughs> trouble is not quite the word. Pain and suffering in this world. And other things have too. You know, Hitler wasn't particularly religious. I mean, I think he was an atheist, I'm not sure, but at any rate, it's certainly that. Nazism uh, was not a religion. And I guess fascism in, in, in Italy wasn't either. I'm not so clear about that. But uh, the church uh, kind of uh, looked the other way or even supported those people. But it wasn't, you know, wasn't based like that. But what it, what it seems to me, it's our 
semi-understandable. It's our need for something to hold on to. And it attaches so easily to religion because that's what religion's about, I think. I mean, at base, I think it's about the human fear of death. So we want, we want some comfort. So we make up God and heaven and or gods uh, and, you know, heaven and hell and, and uh, mother figures. And we do need to be reminded periodically. We need to be reminded not to attach to them. Let them go too. Live, live alone. You know, this Avalokiteshvara is very beautiful. You know, she's hand carved. Don't tell, but she has, she and her carp have ivory eyes. But this is really beautiful. And it was my grandmother's, and I am attached to it. And I'm not going to show off and like drop it on the floor either. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I wouldn't. But, um, you know, on the other hand, it's, it's just a pretty piece of wood. And it is true that I find comfort in it. I think her face is uh, really beautiful. It's, uh, it's serene, but she's got a tiny smile on her face, just a tiny smile. And not, not even as much as the Mona Lisa, but uh, I find it, I find her comforting. And uh, it's okay, because I know better. And I know that when I'm calling, if I call on her for comfort, I actually call on Prajnaparamita, but at any rate, if I call on them for comfort, I know that that's coming from inside me. So thank you, and, and don't worry about triggering anybody. Just, and it is, it's, I used to go around saying years and years ago when they were at it, you know, I'd say like a, a plague on both their houses. You know, but now, I don't know. And, uh, you know, there was an editorial, I guess, in the, either the New York Times or there was a piece in the Atlantic that said, you know, what if Israel's walking into a trap? You know, to try to trigger them to over overreact and then lose their support. Anyway, I think it's particularly hard being Jewish, and, and there are a lot of Jewish people that are really frightened. Because this country has certainly been experiencing anti-Semitism, among many other things. Does anybody else want to say anything? Kate? I just wanted to assure Lisa that I'm not triggered by her at all. I'm triggered by everything else, but not you. I'm very grateful that we have Zazen and a holy war. I mean, what a weird thing that is to say. There's no such thing. It's like they call missiles, keep, peacekeeper missiles, <laughs> right? Anybody I know who has any integrity at all is deeply troubled by all of this. It's, it's a troubling thing. And uh, the value, part, part of the value for me in sitting and sitting with others is um, it helps me to not turn away. And 
I'm really frightened. I mean, just like I was frightened about Ukraine, I'm frightened about, I'm frightened about our, I mean, evil, (laughs) evil is happening. (laughs) And uh, I did, I I just pulled up because this helped me. Uh, Maria Popova is this woman who has a newsletter I get with all kinds of stuff, but she put up a quote by John Steinbeck that he wrote to a friend during World War II. And it says, all the goodness and heroisms will rise up again, then be cut down again and rise up. It isn't that the evil thing wins, it never will, but that it doesn't die. And uh, But my fear is that it's winning. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like the evil is winning. And uh, that's very frightening. And I'm at a loss. And um, so we sit with that. Uh, I I had some notion, you all know, when I started sitting that, oh, I'd become enlightened and then just kind of float above everything, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Well, I mean, the truth is, is that you're with everything. And the real heroes that I've known about are those that haven't turned away. They stood and did what they could, where they could, when they could. Um, I'm sure we all have relatives, maybe, that had some experience of World War II. My father was in South Pacific. My grandparents harbored Jews in Poland. But it hurts. Zach? Yeah, uh, years ago, I read Thomas Friedman's book on the Middle East. I think it won some awards and stuff. And one of the things I remember is that he said it has nothing to do with religion. It's about real estate. Don't forget that. It's not about religion. So maybe that helps a little, Lisa. I don't think you could separate the two. You know, for those people, when you think about what Bethlehem means and and the Temple Mount and they there's I don't know, it just seems like it is about real estate, but the the claims to it are often in religious terms. There are differences. I mean, but one of the things that really the particularly pains me is who did they attack? They attacked Kibbutzin. They attacked the liberals in, in Israel. They attacked the people that did not vote for Bibi. I don't know. Is that because they were right next to the border? Well, yeah. I, I mean, that everybody's everybody in Gaza is right next to the border. I mean, everybody in Israel is right next to, in that part of Israel. I mean, it goes, Gaza is not that, it's narrow, but it's not that short, you know? So they could have, I don't know why they didn't attack further north. Anyway, it's it's minor compared to the other things, I suppose. But I just have some, I think think that that is um, too, Simple. Oh, we can be certainly attached to the land. 
but um, you know, Jews claim it because they were there millennia before. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Lisa? Is that make? Do you think it's? I think it's all mixed together. You know, I'm also struck, and uh, nobody's that I've seen so far is everyone keeps saying it's our it's our it's our September 11th right and I on the one hand yes but on the other hand if I'm remembering correctly September 11th was 2001 and we invaded Iraq in 2003 so there was like almost two years before of all of these like demonstrations, anti-war. I mean, I participated in them. I remember in Barcelona, like the, the the city of three million, like one million people came out on the street to like to like protest the U.S. invading Iraq. And it's like Israel, the next day, is just raising it to the ground. And, and nobody's, nobody's, everyone's just like, okay, they have a right to defend themselves. He, yeah, but I, I just, there's something weird about that to me. It's just weird and that there's no, that I'm wondering what, what, what is, there's something else involved in that that I don't understand. And I don't know if it is to do with, you know, is Israel is a, is a Western influence in the Middle East, and that has to do with our interest in oil. I, I don't know what it is, Zach, and maybe it is something that has nothing to do with religion. So I think there is stuff that's, but it just is, it's weird to me that, 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 that they can just go the next day, cut off water, cut off supplies, and level Gaza. I actually don't relate to Israel very much, even though I'm Jewish too. That said, I think it was last night I heard one of my favorite writers, um, Yuval Noah Harari, he's an Israeli historian and wrote Sapiens and some other really good books. And he said something that I didn't think of, which is that in Israel, this was like the Holocaust or the pogroms or the, I mean, it, it just brought back all this horrible history and it's happening again. And I think that's part of why they're reacting the way they are is that this has to, I don't think it's for revenge. I think they're trying to get rid of the enemy. And um, so, what I got from that is that the Israeli mindset is different than me sitting in Napa um, watching the Warrior game and uh, once in a while thinking about Israel. It's that it's like scar tissue was ripped open. I don't know if that justifies things, but I think that's why their reaction is maybe different than we might have. On both sides, they're they're re-traumatized and, and triggered by by this. It's true for the Palestinians, also, because 
Now I'm going to butcher the prayer. Nakba. Anyway, you know, they were invaded and, in their view, you know, just pushed off their land by the Zionists. When was this? 4849 in there. Well, what the world said. I'm not defending Israel. Yeah, the world said. The world said, this is Israel. Yeah, and then the Israelis drove them out. It, it could without driving out all the people that lived there. Yeah, I think maybe let's leave some of this to historians. <laughs> well, and I'm saying that they are re, they're both sides have what I call the victim's uh, sense of entitlement. And uh, that does exacerbate it. And they're both triggered. It's, it, 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 you know, it isn't, the Nakba isn't as bad as the Holocaust. But it's a big deal. There's a lot of people that were driven out of their ancestral homes. And uh, that attachment to your home real estate is a big deal. I mean, I know what I felt when we had to cut down the, the, um, the big old pepper tree. That was uh, a big deal for me. Or when I drove into Tassajara after the big fire. But it's it's just it, it it's just it's there's something in our not just our psyche but in our bodies that wants safety. And I think you're right, Zach, that it's about ending a, ending what a perceived threat. And it, it is a threat. I mean, so. They're not. Um, they're not wrong about that. The question is, are they in making the threat worse the way they treat Palestinians? <sighs> but it's easy for me to say, you know, I don't know how I'd feel if I knew that there were people being, you know, teaching kids in elementary school that uh, my, uh, not just my country, but uh, in some sense, I should be destroyed. Anyway. Anybody else? Okay. I said a lot of what I wanted to say. This, this, uh, I think what he's saying here, you know, you've, you've read it. He just keeps, Dogen just, you know, he keeps, um, turning it as he does, you know, and, and, uh, using a lot of double negatives so that it, um, is really confusing, you know. My intention is to become a Buddha. And then he polishes a tile. And then Dogen has a whole riff, half the page, you know. What is meaning to become a Buddha? Oh, yeah. Does become a Buddha mean being made Buddha by another Buddha? Or Buddha making oneself Buddha? Is this the emergence of one or two Buddhas? Is the intention to become Buddha dropping off, or is dropping off the intention to become a Buddha? Does this mean that however many ways there are to become Buddha, to be immersed in this intention to become a Buddha is the intention to become Buddha? No, that. Mazu meant that Zazen is inevitably the intention to become Buddha, and that Zazen is in inevitably becoming Buddha with intention. Intention is prior to becoming a Buddha and after, 
It's the very moment of becoming Buddha. I ask you, how much of becoming Buddha is being immersed in intention? The immersion is immersed in immersion. Immersion is always a direct expression of totally becoming Buddha. Every bit of completely intending to become Buddha. Do not avoid even a bit of intention. If you avoid it, you lose your life. When you lose your body and miss your life, this too is immersion in intention. <laughs> right. Anyway, how I understand that is that he's he's talking about vow. And he's talking about that just being Zazen. You're not becoming Zazen. You're not becoming Buddha. You just are. And you immerse yourself in this vow. And I think vows, I've talked about vows here and there. You know, a vow is not something you think about. It's something that you uncover. It's something that's there. It's something that arises. And our zazen helps us to uncover it. It helps us to have access to our deep, deep intention to just be here with our body and mind, but not not entangling with the body and mind, letting the body and mind be body and mind, which is another way of saying drop off. So one of the things that I like about Zazen is you just do it, you know, <laughs> contemplate it or, well, maybe sometimes, but you just do it. There's not a lot of words involved. And um, in a lot of this, there's a lot of words and mincing and everything. And, um, and to me, intention sounds like, who's intending? Me. It's like a self, it seems, versus just sitting. I like that. Having the self part and, you know, I'm going to, as Kate said, I'm going to be enlightened. <laughs> I mean, that's maybe a naive way of thinking about it. But so I guess I'm asking, I'm saying Zazen seems more pure than having vows and intentions where there's the self is looking or is striving or is, and I know it's not really like putting muscle into it, but maybe you just say something about that. Well, that's, I do differentiate between intention and vow. There's a lot of words here and I think he's just, He's trying to get us to just to just do it, and he's 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 saying every way he can to um, to kind of help us to get rid of it, all that thinking about it and intending in a in a small self kind of way. The when he doesn't use the word vow, I say vow. I mean something that's beyond below it isn't about words at all it's, it's a physical 
for me. It's a physical event that I'm not very conscious of uh, most of the time. But if I, you know, if I settle, if I sit with it, and uh, it arises. I mean, it's it's uh, my it's my uh, the basis of my being a priest. It's the basis of my zazen. But it's not something I much think of. I had, and I did at one point, more than one time, but, you know, I really practiced with letting go of all the stuff on, on top. And I never completely let go of it, but the, the vow is down here, and then there's this stuff going on up here. So that the vow is walking in the, you know, the, the image of, you know, the swimming on top of the ocean at the same time you're walking on the bottom of the ocean. And that's wow. Um, so maybe it's the vowel that gets you to the cushion. But it's a body thing, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, it definitely is a body thing for me. I don't know about other people. I've heard lots of people talk about why they became priests, and it sounds like they applied for a job. <laughs> And I don't understand that. I don't have to go. I didn't know Damien. Are you bowing with yeah. him or are you bowing because you want to say something? I want to say something. Please do. Um, yeah, um, this reminds me of when I decided to take Jukai and um, it wasn't just I decided. There was a whole process and I had to ask and the first mayor refused me and um, said, wait a while, let's walk together some more. Anyway, um, when once it was established that I was going to have Jukai, Chia was sort of doing a lot less than at that point and asked me, so why are you doing this? And the best I could come up with was, I want to make Zazen the center of my life. And uh, that's still what I think Val is to me. So that would be my response to that. Oh, Lisa, I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess I would say that, you know, also thinking about Chukai and, and then also just all the vows, because there were a lot of vows in the Shambhala tradition. Um, yeah, despite all this that I'm saying and my being triggered, I'm still here. <laughs> there must be something. Yeah, all of this that I, I, I just can't stop coming. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Kate? I just have to tell you that Sonny was editing the class from last week and he came in the house and he's like, what are you all talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Mary's going think not thinking beyond thinking immersion immersed in the immersion. <laughs> he thought he left it. He said, I've been taking notes. <laughs> so I printed it out for him. So he <laughs> So he could be really befuddled. Right. I said if you want to get really confused, here you go. Well, I think um, I just want to just touch on one. I I just went through and picked out my faves. It was, it's it's all like that, and I think it's all with one aim, which is shikantaza. So um, much farther along, it is Nanue says, 
If you are identified with paren confined by and paren the sitting form, you have not reached reach, reach the heart of the matter. So if you are identified with it, you haven't reached the heart. Identified with the sitting form spoken of here, says Dogen, is to defile and abandon the sitting form. The reason is that when one is sitting Buddha, it is impossible not to be identified with the sitting form. However clear the sitting form is, the heart of the matter cannot be reached because it is impossible not to be one with the sitting form. To penetrate this is called letting go of body and mind. Those who have not practiced sitting do not reach the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is sitting time, sitting time, sitting person, sitting Buddha, and the practice of sitting Buddha. The sitting of mere sitting and mere lying down is not sitting Buddha. So what's he saying, right? Identified with the sitting form is to defile and abandon the sitting form. The reason is that when one is sitting Buddha, it is impossible not to be identified with the sitting form. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you, because it's already 11.24. I mean, I, I, you, you have to understand it on your own, I think. But what I think is, he's saying, it, I don't, I don't identify with that. Or I do, when I do identify with that, that's not it. When I just do Tazan, I already am Buddha, I already am identified with the sitting form. I am immersed in the sitting form. I am the sitting form. The sitting form sits. And that's all. And it's not, it's not a this with that over there. There's no this and that. There's just sitting. And that fact is sitting Buddha. But I don't do sitting Buddha. That's what I think he's talking about. Does that make sense? Do you agree with me that that's what he's talking about? <laughs> or do you have some other idea? Or is it just not a bunch of gobbledygook? I agree with you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I get really triggered by religions and organized religions. Even in Buddhism, a lot of the high church things I get, I kind of like, eh, I don't know. But I just see it as it's all supporting to get you to the cushion and to just do the sitting. So for that reason, I, I can accept that. But um, you know, organized religion in general. <laughs> I spent a little time reading through Deuteronomy years ago once, and, and there's beautiful passages next to just absolutely horrific passages, and it just seems so embedded in those scriptures that I just find that really problematic. <laughs> no. And having belief systems, I, mm -hmm. belief systems are just so dangerous, whether it's religion or fascism or whatever. And this is why I, I so much appreciate Dogen. Just, just sit. It's just, it's just you. It's what comes up. It's not, you know. You're not directed this way or that way. So. Is this a place to end?
Kings are numberless, I vow to save them. Illusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to become it. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to become it. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to become it.